Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation from underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. It's season five of Formative. We're so happy you've tuned in. This season of the show, our students interview some of our best guests ever from tech, education, sports, real estate, and publishing. And for this season's launch, Clover Hope joins us. Clover is a writer, journalist, producer, and so much more. She's going to share her love of hip hop, especially women creatives. We're thrilled to have her. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Sherrod from MS664K. Sherrod, hey, welcome to today's show. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm Sherrod, 13. I'm in eighth grade. I like to play basketball and football, and I love to come to after school all the time. I barely miss a day. And I'm going to Transit Tech for high school, hoping to get a job and get on the football team. All right. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, we wish you all the best, too, as you transition to high school, because that's a big deal. Yes, I'm very excited. OK, well, let's not wait any longer. And let's welcome Clover Hope to today's show. Clover, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Hi, Sherrod. Hey, Clover. <laughs> all right. So, Sherrod, I'm going to let you take it away. And why don't you give your first question to Clover? My first question is, what inspired you to become a journalist? That's a good question because my journey to journalism is a little roundabout in the sense that I didn't necessarily choose it at first outright. You know, I wanted to do so many things when I was younger. Some people know exactly what they want to do. They're like, oh, I want to work in science or I want to, you know, be an engineer or, you know, you have like some idea. And I didn't really know. I had so many things and it kept changing. I was like, oh, maybe I could be an accountant or maybe I could be a teacher. Like I wanted to just work in music or something like that. So getting into journalism was sort of just basically realizing that the passion was already there and then finding it. Yeah. 13-ish, I was writing poetry, you know, like I was writing little poetry books, just really bad poems whenever I was sad or mad or or just like feeling emotions, I would like write it down. And then in school, I just enjoyed creative writing and I didn't really necessarily think of it as a job. So once I entered college, I was undecided. I still didn't know what I wanted to major in, basically. And I started just kind of playing around with different subjects, like, you know, in that first year to see what I wanted to do. And journalism kind of like, it just kind of stuck. I initially wanted to do music, you know, like the engineers in the studio when they're, you know, like doing the knobs and all that. Like, I wanted to do that, be an engineer and be in the studio, just kind of like mixing like music. And I didn't see a lot of young women doing that. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like in that. But it ended up that I transferred out from Temple University to NYU. And I just chose journalism as major. It fits so well. I really loved writing, loved music. I don't know if you know Vibe magazine. That was something I grew up 
reading a lot. So many magazines were in my room, like the, you know, like Essence and like Jet Magazine. And a lot of the magazines used to be a much bigger deal because there wasn't the internet. I couldn't write for the internet, you know? I kind of just kind of fell into journalism, you know, like it just fit really well. Just, you know, I was a natural writer and just curious about things. And journalism is a great job if you are creative, curious about things and about the world and you like to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if you have an idea what you want to do or if you feel like you can you know, like just feel it out. You know, some people at your age, like have a sense of it, but you might not know exactly. And also, you know, it can change at the same time. I'm most interested in math. Yeah. Because that's my skill. Yeah. Like my thing. So far, I'm focused on passing on my classes yeah. so I can stay on the football team. Right, right. Yeah, math was one of my favorites. So, so good job. Yeah. I'm in a nice. math club too. I come up during lunch and... After nice. school, yeah. sometimes. Out of science or math, which one was your favorite? I think it was math because I like that there was like logic to everything. That was like, once I have a formula, I can figure something out and then it makes me feel good. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can figure this out because all I have to do is like plug this into a formula. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Science, it depended on the science because I loved chemistry because you could like doing all the experiments and stuff in the lab. But like so, uh, some sciences were a little harder. Physics is like yeah. really, like I like the concepts and like I kind of understood a lot of it, but um, it was a little bit more challenging for me. Yeah, I feel the same way with science. Which science are you taking now? I'm taking the living environment regions. Yeah, I liked, um, you know, learning about the world and like how things work, basically. So that part of it, I really mm -hmm. love. There were just some that were harder. And then math just came so easy to me. I would just be like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> so, you know, and other kids would be like, how did yeah. you do that? <laughs> I'm like, it's just a formula. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, I would say. And, you, and you, you feel smart, right? You feel so smart. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you become an engineer or right. the background studio thing? Like, what stopped you from becoming that? So when I transferred to NYU, there was like a music business program, basically, that you had to audition to get into. Like, you had to like play piano or like play something. And I didn't have like those skills. Yeah. So I chose journalism you know, like that was my kind of like secondary choice of like, oh, I want to, you know, I feel like, oh, this could be fun, like writing media. It was very like loose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, once I got into NYU and started taking writing classes, I was like, oh, no, this is actually what I should be doing. The plan was to, once I got into NYU to transfer into the, the different program, like and do engineering. But I basically, I started getting more into journalism and it just felt right. And it felt more like me. So the engineering kind of fell to the side and, you know, it just became more of a, like, oh, you know, that would have been fun too. But writing was like a thing that felt right. And like at Temple, my first year as a freshman, I worked in a, a video studio where all the students would come and like rent equipment and stuff like that. And while I was there, I would play around with the beats and like just do some like very amateur <laughs> engineering. And that was fun. So, you know, I got a little taste of it. And 
writing about music still allows me to kind of be in that world anyway. You know, like if I'm interviewing an artist, like be in the studio with them and be kind of like in that setting anyway. So that's the fun part that I still get a taste of that world. Yeah. What are some of the most famous artists you have interviewed? Let's see. Well, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, yeah. Rick Ross, mm-hmm. Ludacris, Usher. I've just been interviewing more actors like Maya Rudolph, back in the music space, Kid Cudi. It's so many over the years because there's yeah. people I've interviewed for like 20 minutes or something over the phone. And then some people that I've interviewed like in person, like um, Rihanna, I spoke to over the phone very early in her career. And um, sometimes I even forget that I've spoken to certain people because, you know, I've been writing for over 17 years now, like since 2005, basically, when I graduated college. So it was like hard to remember, right? But those are some of the biggest names, yeah. Clover, is there a specific book that affected you as a writer? Yes. So I I read Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye growing up, and I've read it a lot since then. And that was a book that just changed my life in terms of um, just the writing is poetry and then just the storytelling. It's about this little girl who wants to be pretty. And it felt like a book that I wanted to write. And that really impacted just my desire to like, not just write, but write in a way that would um, give off emotion or like that people could feel something. And to me, I couldn't write or do the writing that I do without liking poetry or liking poetic voices. And she was a big part of that. So, yeah. What do you love about hip hop? That made you create your book? Well, it's actually people like you. So that kind of (laughs) was like a reason to create it. A lot of what I'm focusing on now, I would say maybe in the past few years, is just being able to tell untold stories in some kind of way or kind of tell stories that are just kind of undiscovered or you might think someone doesn't care, but they do. So that's why I wrote like my first book, the mother load, which came out two years ago. And it's about women in hip hop. And it's about the women who yeah. created hip hop who might not have been known or celebrated in the way that they should have. So in doing that, it's kind of, I kind of realized the purpose basically of like telling history and being this person who has so much uh, knowledge and experience of music and of like how music was when I was growing up and like, how can I bring that and pass that down to the next generation? So, you know, I have a certain knowledge of hip hop, you know, like I grew up as a girl listening to hip hop and mostly in the nineties is when I, you know, like kind of got up on like Notorious B.I.G. and like Tupac. And I was also starting to listen to like Missy Elliott and like Lil' Kim. And, you know, I didn't feel like there was a book out there that kind of looked like me. Basically, it told the story of like how a girl grows up in hip hop. Yeah. And so the book was basically a history of hip hop from the eyes of the girls who created it. Because these were young people your age in the 70s who basically picked up a mic or like they started breakdancing or they started DJing and they created hip hop before it even had a name. Like they were 
just writing words and then like saying them out loud and doing these parties and jams and them doing that out of just kind of being poor or wanting to have fun like in this time when they didn't have the money or the means to kind of like do travel kind of this was their hobby that they created this entire culture that now we have people kind of very easily listening to hip-hop like anybody can be part of it like if you think of your after school program like imagine some of you getting together and then just kind of starting to create something new and you don't know what you're creating but like you're like oh this is fun and it does not exist these young people created something that didn't exist in the world and they and now it's like the biggest music genre in the world and that was 50 50 years ago now so i wanted to tell that story and focus on the girls who were part of that and then also be able to tell that history to like your generation so that you guys know where it came from and that all the people that you see now, there's a history behind them. You know, like when you see Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion in videos and like yeah. putting music out, there's so many young women before them who set that groundwork basically. And, you know, if I can almost have this textbook for you to reference like, oh, okay, like that person, you know, was important in this era, that appealed to me. And like, that's why I wrote it. And I like to ask when I come across like teenagers, because I teach also, what's your relationship with hip hop? And like, what was your first, did you buy an album or, you know, like it wouldn't be a CD because I guess you're downloading now, right? <laughs> yeah. When I first started listening to hip hop, I listened to it off the mm-hmm. radio while I was in my mother's or father's car. So radio. Yeah. Do you have favorite artists? Well, I don't think he's hip hop, but my favorite artist is Juice World okay. and Boogie with the Hoodie. Oh, okay. That's how you say it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, they're definitely both hip-hop. It's funny how you said radio, and I guess I would have thought just, like, streaming or Spotify or something, playing that around the house or something, but I'm glad people still listen to radio. <laughs> yeah. Who, who is your favorite artist? Um, Let's see. Well, Beyonce, pretty much... <laughs> I got the opportunity to work with her a few years ago, 2021, Black is King, which was a visual album for the Lion King remake that she was a voice character for. And, you know, I was co-writer on that project, went out to L.A. to work with her. And um, that was a highlight of my life because I was a Beyonce fan beforehand. You know, I had listened to like, like all the music and I'd truly believe like that's the artist of our generation right now i love like ice spice and megan the stallion doja cat a lot of like the young women city girls that are that are making music now so but favorite of all time is hard (laughs) there's like so many i love whitney houston and mariah carey i'm in the hip-hop space but also r&b yeah when you said you teach, mm-hmm. what exactly do you teach? I teach culture writing at NYU. So basically entertainment journalism to undergrads. And so it's college undergrads. And I also teach feature writing, which is like longer stories. So like cover stories and really long features that you might see in magazines or that are like 5,000 words that, you know, which sounds like a lot, but it's in uh, the master's program at NYU. So all basically entertainment journalism. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like while while you're still alive, how long <laughs> do you plan of doing journalists? Good question. Because <laughs> I I talk about that amongst friends all the time now because you know media is changing and you know we yeah. have social media now and that like affects how yeah. journalists are able to do their jobs and we're losing some institutions in the past few years like buzzfeed news was shut down recently like it's a this industry is changing a little bit so i want to always be writing and always want to have like some kind of journalism background and even if i'm doing it like once in a while but i am transitioning into doing more tv writing and producing and just kind of basically still writing but a little bit outside of journalism yeah. so i'm still kind of figuring out the balance of it like how much of journalism versus the other writing that i do but yeah. it's it's changing it's like always changing basically just going back to being undecided going into college. I just like so many things and I have curiosity about a lot of different things that I want to be able to expand. I mean, I love audio storytelling and podcast interviews, and this is kind of basically a form of radio for just a different, in a different format, you know? Yeah. yeah. Who helped you build this or did you do it by yourself? There's a thing about like writers are so like yeah. <laughs> always just in a room writing like by yourself. Nobody can write the words for me. Like I have to actually sit down and write them and it has to be my point of view and my words and it has to come from me. But it, as far as jobs and like getting opportunities, I've always had mentors or people kind of helping guide me. I've had friends who have helped me like edit stories of mine, pieces of mine. One of my biggest mentors, I met her through just the music writing circles. And every once in a while, like I just check in with her. Like I just saw her a few weeks ago and we met up and talked yeah. and just giving advice and also just kind of guidance on, all right, like, is this just feeling things out? Like, is this a good thing to do? Or so I think having mentors yeah. and people who are in places where you want to be are like key to kind of advancing. I wouldn't be able to know or have like a an idea of what I wanted if I didn't see other people doing it. She had written books and she was freelance writing. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> so I saw her doing it and I was like, yeah. okay, this, I want to get to a point where I can just be just like writing books and kind of not have a full-time job and be able to kind of work for myself. So that's happening now and that was through being able to talk to her and being able to have her yeah. kind of give tips and things like that yeah it's key what kind of advice did she give you that helped you become what you are yeah a lot of it was about anxiety because i tend to just kind of think ahead too much and then i get like anxious about like okay like what about making like yeah. a bad decision but Basically, it's like there's no such thing as a bad decision. It's really like if you decide to, to go with this job versus this job, it's easy to like feel regret over like not taking that other one or like, oh, I should have like done like bad decision. But it's more so that you just have two directions that you could go in and you, the one that you chose is the one you chose. And, you know, you could have chose a different one, but that doesn't mean that like the <laughs> role that you chose is a bad one. 
So that was important to take in. And then also just to put myself out there, basically, because I grew up pretty shy. Like, I just like, you know, didn't like social interactions and having to go to parties and things like that for networking with people. And her thing was just always like, you have to get past that and just put yourself out there, put your work out there. And because that's the way you get noticed and that you get writing assignments and things like that. She gave me a lot of good, like just career advice would just do it by asking me questions, basically like, oh, well, what are you looking for? Or, you know, she would kind of put it on me to kind of question myself and figure out like, why am I uncertain about this when, you know, it seems like that's what I want to do. Basically, like, it seems like you really want to leave this job. So what's holding you up, basically? So... If you would have never become a journalist, where do you think you would be? I do think that something like interior decorating, because I like designing my apartment and I like kind of putting (laughs) things together. Decoration. I think something like that. I think I still would be doing something that's artistic. Maybe taking that somewhere where I'm maybe like a graphic artist or something like that would be fun. But I think I'm just a creative child so it would be something creative and i love science and i love like just like space shows and things like that like i'll watch anything that has to do with astronomy and so maybe like studying science or something like that like a research at nasa would be fun but yeah that's that would be like math and science skills because those were like my best subjects that would have been good for me yeah so If you don't continue, what are some other things you might want to do? Producing, TV producing. I know a lot of journalists who basically gone from journalism and writing into like creating their own show or like writing for a show or more so like producing like one of the editors that I worked with when I was younger or worked at Vibe. She's now producing like projects with Pharrell. And so she made that transition from just journalism and writing to being in the, you know, on the other side, just like producing and like putting out projects that have to do with music, but like she's not the journalist. So I can see that kind of just doing that more. Hopefully I can like sustain just being (laughs) self-employed as a writer and being able to have that choice so that, you know, like I can maybe still have a foot in the journalist media world, but not like fully. I can see myself having like a plant shop. <laughs> I know that's random, but yeah. I love plants. And what's your favorite? Um, I love the ones that are on vines and they're called pothos. And basically they just like, you can, they grow so long, you can kind of just like wrap them around and, and they're like easy to yeah. care for. I believe in like hobbies that like, fulfill you outside of work just having stuff that just makes you happy and that you like doing drawing also like sketching i think if you're like an artsy person you probably can do a lot of different types of creative things like do you draw or do you have like hobbies in the after school program or stuff that you do outside of school you know yeah i like to draw i like to just sketch faces or just draw right like right around my Mm -hmm. hand and draw like cool designs on it and I like to play catch with football, mm-hmm. throw it around. Yeah. And, stuff. and 
Yeah, and I like just do one one on one or two on two mm-hmm. basketballs. Yeah, and I like to play video games uh, with, my, yeah. with my friends and stuff. Good. What's your favorite video game right now? Call of Duty. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Video games also, yeah. like, I wouldn't have realized if it's like, okay, I want to do something that I love. There's so many jobs in video games also, like creating them or just like yeah. creating like storylines or like the technicians and stuff who are making the games. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever want to create a video game? Uh, growing up, I used to play Nintendo and like a lot of Super Mario Brothers, Tekken, Street Fighter, and then some of the adventure games, Sonic. And yeah, that was like, oh, I wonder if, you know, like a dream of mine to do something with video games. Maybe I should put that on the list of like goals, like, all right, a hip hop game or something like that. That could, that's like interactive. To go with your book. So you gave me an idea. (laughs) Yeah. That would be cool. So do you like your job? Do you recommend me but to become a journalist? <laughs> I would love that. Everything I'm hearing, it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds nice. do you like music or do you like kind of entertainment, yeah. TV, yeah. movies? Yeah. So that was my thing. I wanted to also choose a job that I enjoyed, basically. Personally. Yeah, like your thing, yeah right? I personally wanted to do something that was, one, like, like played off my natural skills, which is writing and like just being artistic. And I liked music and like, I really recommend that to, like, if you enjoy, or if you like writing, maybe try practice writing every week or something, just write like journal or even if it's like, write anything, you could write about how your day was or try to yeah. write a rhyme, try to write a song or, you know, try to, um, you know, I used to do that yeah. growing up. I would write down, like try to write, you know, like lyrics and then see if you like that. And if you feel like you can turn it into something, you know, like for me it's journalism, music writing, but there are so many jobs in the music business in general that if you're interested in music, like there's so many positions and like marketing, or you see like people working at a record label or, being a manager for an artist, there's stuff like that where you're like doing music and in the circles, but you don't have to be like the center of it. So if you like entertainment, like see if it's something that you are interested in. If you like journalism, maybe take a, like a class or something that's like related to writing and see how you feel. Like a creative writing class is always yeah. fun, you know, cause you get to do little exercises and stuff like that. Maybe put together a magazine yourself would be fun. And I also think that the more you speak to people like me and like people who are doing it really like interesting things that you, you know, like it kind of opens up your world. Like I didn't know this was like a job (laughs) that I could do, be able to like interview artists like a Beyonce or like a Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj. Like, so in my job, I like interview those people and, you know, I'm basically like flying out to places and speaking to people who I admire and then writing about them. And it's, it is work, but there is like a fun part of it too. Like going to listening sessions for albums before they came out. Like, you know, I was doing a lot of that. Um, like I heard Kendrick yeah. Lamar's album before it came out. So I think it's fun and it's also work. And that's, if you're interested in it, then I would definitely recommend are you thinking about it more now? Is it like something that you're... Okay. Yes, That's yeah, good. yeah. Okay.
this probably will be my last question. What do you think your legacy will become in the future? I haven't thought about that. Uh, so in terms of legacy, like I think about just sharing my knowledge with the world, basically, and how I want that to be the stamp of like, okay, this person really like uncovered some things, you know, like uncovered some really interesting yeah. histories or stories and put them out in the world. And just generally, just as a great writer, because, you know, that was always my thing. Like, I just want to be great and I want to write and be great at it. And like, that's really the ultimate goal or legacy that I would like to leave for the art that I create and the words that I put together to just like have some impact on people. Even if it's like just a few where they read something yeah. of mine and they laugh yeah. or they kind of cry or they feel something like that is meaningful to me. You talked about wanting to tell these untold stories. Who's a woman you'd love to shout out today? Yes, that is great. Let me see. There's so many in here. Um, so there are names that people kind of know like the lauren hills the missy elliott's of the world i don't know how many in this generation know for example jj fad who were a group in the 80s and they had this huge hit supersonic and they were sort of like pop rap basically and that song got them nominated for the first grammy awards where rap was a separate category and they were nominated with ll cool j and Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. So there were these young women who, you know, were a big part of hip hop becoming more mainstream and more like accessible. And it was one of those songs that helped hip hop get to the place that it is today. And it also really helped Dr. Dre label <laughs> because at the time they were signed with the producer, Dr. Dre. And that song and the success of it helped fund a lot of the records that he works on. So, you know, it's stories like that where if they didn't exist, then who knows what, you know, like how much funding or money that Dre would have had to then go on and do the things that he did. So that's one that I would put some spotlight on. Well, Sherrod and Clover, this is a remarkable conversation. And Sherrod, I think you might have a new profession. Yeah, you're amazing. You need yeah. to be yeah. a radio host or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Thank you. We ask all our guests at the end of the show the same question. So Clover, knowing what you know right. now, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? Oh, um, I guess to be fearless because you never know where that will take you. I think a lot of times like we hold ourselves back telling yourself that you can't do something or you're like, well, why should I be the one to kind of to do this or like doubting yourself basically. And I would just try to instill some of that fearlessness that I have now that I got through journalism because I was so shy and I was too scared to kind of even ask questions or make friends or things like that when I was just growing up. So I would tell myself like, just like it'll pay off to just open up a bit and like take yeah. some of that fear, that self-doubt out so that you can like blossom. Well, Sherrod, yeah. what do you think? I think this has been a good show. How about you? Yeah, I think this is good. And I learned a lot of things. I'm glad. I'm glad. What are some of the things, Sherrod, you're taking with you today? Some of the things I'm taking with me today is how I met a journalist and how 
life doesn't always plan as you plan mm-hmm. it. Something else might pop up. That's a great takeaway. Right. Well, thank you yeah. both so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gazdick. My co-host today was Sharad from 664K in Brooklyn. He was assisted by Terry. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. This episode was produced by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.